Hey, normally we have JV, but we're going to ask all of our students to stay in the room because this morning is mission celebration. We are so excited. Uh, we have a number of our missionaries here this morning. Uh, we have the carpenters who will be in our second service, uh, missionaries to Ecuador. Carpenters, why don't you wave at the people, let them know where you're at. Uh, they're going to be at the table in the back if you want to get to know them. And then we have David Parks here, our missionary to the UK. David, why don't you wave at him? He's going to minister the gospel this morning. Hey, we just want to encourage you at the end of the service, we got some tables set up back there. If nothing else, there's candy, so why not? Help yourself to some of that. Uh, but our missionaries at the end of the service will both be back there to greet and to answer any questions and to just talk to you. And we'll get more into that in just a moment. But I want to cover a number of announcements just to make sure we're all on the same page. As always, we have our prayer meeting each and every week on Wednesday night. I want to encourage you to be there. We've been praying for all that God is going to be doing, and our calendar is really full. So let me just give you a few things that are coming up on the calendar. Saturday, October 29th, mark that in your calendar from 1 to 3 o'clock here in our 6050 parking lot. We are having our Trunk or Treat Fall Fest. Free candy, sweet treat. Hey, listen, I don't know if, when I was growing up, we didn't get to do a lot of trick-or-treating in my household, but every now and then I got to sneak out and try to do it. But my neighborhood was cheap, and they did not give out good stuff. Um, every now and then you'd find a house that would give a full candy bar, and you had to get there early or you were struck. And so I'm, I'm pleased to let you know, if you want your kids to have candy, your kids, if you want all the candy in the bag, come to Fall Fest. They will walk away, I guarantee you, with hundreds of pieces of candy. And you know they can't eat all that on their own. And so this is a great opportunity for you to indulge yourself in a little bit of sweetness. Uh, but here's the reality of this event and why we want to remind you. Uh, this is an outreach, right? Uh, half of our cars are going to be decorated in biblical themes. Uh, there's Noah's Ark, there's Jonah and the whale, there's things like that. These are opportunities for them to get to know, first and foremost, that we're a church. But even more than that, that we love them and that we want to be a part of what God is doing in this community. And so we want to encourage you, even if you don't have children, why don't you come out, help us out. We need volunteers. We need people that are going to help run candy back and forth. And there's a pumpkin patch area. And there's all these really cool things that we've put together for this event in order to get people who wouldn't normally come to this church to show up on our property. And sometimes all we need is a chance, right? Sometimes all I need is one conversation and that'll open the door for God to do what only God can do. So we want to encourage you, October 29th, be here for that. Um, all of our young adults, my young adults in the house, 18 to 30. Yes, I'm still a young adult, right? I still consider myself that in my mind. Uh, tonight, we're going to be meeting for Anchor uh, down the hall here at our 6058 Sanctuary. We have another one of our missionaries, Ben Struss, missionary to Indonesia, who's going to be speaking tonight. So that plus amazing coffee. And so we want to encourage you guys, come on out. Uh, we don't play when it comes to our coffee with the young adults. It's, it's you know... We do, it, we do it right. And so I want to encourage you for that. Uh, doors open at 6.30. And then uh, the last uh, announcement that I have, and this is a big one, so I want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Um, this year we're going to be doing uh, something called Serve Day. And what that is, is on Saturday, November 5th, from 12 to 2, we are going to be in the parking lot distributing a trailer's worth of groceries to the community. Uh, we've done this in the past through Excel, but now we're going to be doing this as a church entirely. And so this is a wonderful opportunity. The last few times we've done it, we've literally given away over 2,000 bags of groceries. And it goes quick. Even without no registration, we just hold signs and people from the street pull up because you have no idea sometimes how desperate a family might be for a meal. 
even if it's just dry goods. And so we want to encourage you, church, to come on out. This is going to be at the 6050 parking lot. We need people to help distribute. We need people to help pack. We need runners. This is an all-hands-on-deck kind of thing. But you know what? This is also a wonderful opportunity for all of us to come together, whatever background. We're going to do the whole church, English, Spanish, youth, young adults. Everybody is going to be involved in this. And in order to set it up, the Wednesday before that, November 2nd, which is normally our prayer meeting, it's still our prayer meeting, although that night we're calling it Pack and Pray. This entire sanctuary, we are going to be packing and, and unpacking, I should say, all of the pallets and putting together the bags. And then we're going to spend time praying over all these bags so that when we distribute food, it's not just food, but it's a blessing that's coming along with it. I believe the power of God will move through that as we hand it to people in our community. So if you don't normally make it to the prayer meeting, that's, that should be your first time because this is going to be a powerful time in the Lord as we come together. Again, I love that it's an opportunity for our entire church, children all the way up through our elderly and all the languages and everything that we do to come together and serve God and his people. Amen? Amen. Uh, I'm going to ask our ushers if they can get ready to receive our offering. As you sat down, there was an envelope on your chair. Those are our faith promises. Hold on to that. We're going to collect those at the end of the service when we get ready to collect a second offering for our missionaries. But this first offering is our tithes and our regular offering. I just want to encourage you, when you give to missions, that's above and beyond the tithes and the offering. I want to encourage you, church, Continue to be faithful. We're, we're getting into that season now, the holiday season, where we're starting to buy presents and we're starting to put parties together and we're, we're spending some of this money and some of our other stuff. But don't neglect what God has called you to do. Don't ignore what God has commanded you to do, which is to be faithful. And I've said this a million times and I'll say it a million more. I have never in my life been able to outgive God. I've tried. I've tried. Every time God has blessed me, I've tried to bless him even more. And it's not the intention of my heart to say, well, I'm going to keep giving so that God would give me more. I've just always been amazed that every time I've sacrificially given, and key word in that is sacrificial, sometimes I didn't know if I could afford to do this. But every time I've trusted God, God has reminded me why I can trust him with everything. So I just want to encourage you as we give, let's not give begrudgingly and let's not give with our arm twisted, but we give because God has given so much. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity as we worship you with our song. Lord, now we worship you with our giving. And Lord, I just pray now and forever, may this church be a generous church. In everything that we do, Lord, I pray, let us hold loosely to what's been given to us so that anytime you ask, Lord, we are willing and ready to give whatever it is that you ask us to give, be it financially, be it with our own giftings, be it with our time and our effort. Lord, all of it is yours to use how you see fit. So we thank you for that all. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm undone by your holiness in the light of your holiness. I'm undone by your holiness. Send me, Lord, letting go my selfishness I repent of my selfishness letting go of my selfishness send me Lord where you go I will go I belong to you 
One of our uh, longest living members, Angie Canova, um, last night uh, passed away at the age of 96 years old. And uh, and I, I'm not a fan of funerals. Obviously, it's part of my role. It's something that I do. Uh, but I will say this. Out of all the funerals I've had to do, there is nothing more special than an older saint who has gone home to be with the Lord. It's a celebration in those moments, as I'm sure the family is grieving, but we can also celebrate a life well lived and one where we know she is spending her eternity. And so we celebrate this and we celebrate the family, the Petrinis and the Canovas and everybody who's involved with that. So we just ask that you pray and uh, we'll have more information available as that comes up. I believe uh, they're scheduling the memorial to be in November just to arrange some family stuff. So we'll give you details as that comes along. I mentioned earlier that today is mission celebration. And again, I just want you to know how important missions is to my family and I personally. Uh, We believe in the mission that God has called us to accomplish as a church. And we believe in the Great Commission, which is to preach the gospel in all the world, right? In Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so our missionaries are the ones that help us accomplish the ends of the earth part. And so we're so excited this morning. We have David Parks with us. He is a missionary to England. He has been one of our missionaries for now several years, and uh, he's back itinerating and getting some things together. And so would you give it up real quick, church, for David Parks, our missionary to England? Thank you. Well, hey, good morning. Great to be here this morning. Um, Before I get into things, this is one of the friendliest churches I've ever been to. 
you guys just are smiling and happy and welcoming from the parking lot to the front and everywhere in between. Thank you so much. And uh, that probably reflects the, uh, the quality of leadership that you have and have had for a number of years. So thank you so much. Hey, thank you for supporting us for all these years. I think it's probably been about 20 years you've been supporting us through, um, we were in Azerbaijan and then we were in England and this church has been faithful. And I'll talk more about that and the, the, the power of that in a minute. But thank you for your faithfulness over the years. Oh, I hate to say it, but the decades, you know. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness. So um, take a look here. You can see my family. They're not with me uh, here this morning. But uh, back, in, back in Springfield. But uh, we came here uh, 10 years ago about eight or 10 years ago. And uh, we said, God's called us to England to plant a church. And you all looked at us and we're like, yeah, we're with you. And I was like, wow, I can't believe they're with me on that. You know, that's a, that, that's a, that's a big one. American going to England to plant a church. Haven't they had churches forever? Isn't that, you know, so much of our heritage. And the truth of the matter is the church in England has been dying for the last 75 years, and in, I wish I could tell you this morning that that's all turned around, and you sent me over there, and I changed, you know, the whole thing's turned around now, but no, that's not the case. It's, it's, it's in decline still, and COVID didn't help that. The church in England has declined. About 3% of people um, go to church, and about 5% of Muslim, so if you take the, those numbers... A lot of people call themselves Christians, but have absolutely no connection to the church whatsoever. A lot of people are spiritual. I mean, all of us have a, a yearning to, to connect with, you know, with God or something out there in the universe. Uh, but the people in England, the last place they would ever think to find spiritual help is a church. And uh, having lived there for the last eight years, I would agree with a lot of them on that, that, that many of the churches are dead, they're dry, they're cold, and they're not welcoming. Uh, and they're not a place you really want to go or a place you would go to find help. And so you sent us over there to England to plant a church. And so who wants to hear a good story this morning, okay? Who wants to hear what, what you all did uh, in, in England? Now, before we get into it, a lot of people think, you know, Sunday morning, like what we're doing right now is all that there is. This is what happens. Sunday morning, maybe Wednesday night or some other midweek thing, and that's the church. But... I want to give you a window into what this church is doing in England and really expand that. Uh, your pastor told me you support 60 missionaries. So all over the world, all over the time zones, uh, everywhere in the world, this church is, is doing things. Things are happening because of this church. So while you're sleeping, God's working through this church all over the world. So um, we came, went to England. Uh, if you go up there to Bristol, and uh, Bristol is uh, two hours west of London, city of a million people. Landed there, was working with uh, some church planters, and um, there was a little sad uh, congregation of five people. That's all that was left in the church. And um, they asked us, kind of begged us, you know, will you kind of take it over, just see what you can do with it, see if any, anything's there. And we said, we'll do it for six months. That's all we're going to commit to this place. So we went to this little church. We uh, renamed it, called it Life Church, uh, fixed up the building a bit, rebranded it, renamed it, and um, 
the very first Sunday we showed up and there, our family of five and there were five people there. So we had 100% growth on the first Sunday. I mean, you know, wrote the newsletter back to the church of the States. Let's take an offering, you know, 100% growth on the first Sunday. So there you go. Um, and uh, the church just began to grow. So if you go to the, the next slide, take a look there. 2013, so that's, that was the state of the, of the building. And, and we put these big tables out because we wanted to make it look like there was more happening than there was. A fill the room, you know, kind of thing. So 2013, we started like that. 2014, that's a picture of Easter Sunday. And I remember it well, 32 people. Oh, man. It was a high point. We were so excited. God was moving. People were joining the church. Uh, 2015, 64 people on Easter Sunday. Yes, we were, I mean, awesome. You know, pastors know exactly how many people are in the room all the time. I mean, we, we exactly. So I remember that. But uh, the church has continued to grow. Things continue to happen. People got saved. Um, University students started coming in. And then if you go to the next uh, picture there, that's right before COVID. That's where we were as a church. And this right here, what you see there is only half of the church. We had two services. That's only one of them, two services, completely full. Um, we, you know, it's a good thing the fire marshal didn't come in. We were cramming people in everywhere. Um, our biggest problem at staff meetings was how do we go to a third service or how do we you know, move to a different location? And so this is what you did through your faithfulness over eight years. Now, most missionaries were supposed to four years overseas, one year back kind of doing this thing, but we were able to stay for eight years. And the reason we were able to stay for eight years and see the church plant, because we would have had to leave right when things really started moving there in the church. We would have had to, we were supposed to go back to the States, but because of this church and other churches that were faithful in their giving month to month to month, we were able to stay and see the church go all the way through. So one more picture there of the, of the church and kind of the way things looked there. But then uh, COVID happened. Did COVID happen here in the States or was that just over in England? Oh, okay. So it happened. And uh, we went to 14 months of online services. 14 months we weren't in person. Um, you look and see, we were, uh, I was in front of a camera every, it seemed like every day I got, you know, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be a televangelist, I can tell you that right now. Um, but we were in front of a camera, we did all of our online uh, services, we had uh, life groups online, we met online, and uh, really went to a 24-hour kind of thing. So we took COVID as an opportunity to kind of expand our church beyond just the Sunday morning, and we put a sign on our door, uh, it's hard to read there, but it says, um, the building may be closed, but the church is always open. And uh, that got a lot of, raised a lot of eyebrows there in England because for them, you know, the church is the building, you know. And so when I told people that I'm planting a church in England, uh, you know, just a look of confusion on their face. So an American has come to England and he's going to build a big stone uh, building with stained glass windows that's going to be empty all week. That makes no sense. They had to try to describe, you know, what I'm talking about, what kind of church we're talking about here. Oh, they say... A happy, clappy church. I know what kind of church you're a happy, clappy church. So I can, I, can, I can now testify and qualify. This church is a happy, clappy church, okay? Yeah, you're one of those. So if anyone asks, you say, yeah, I go to the happy, clappy church down there. And uh, they, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, we, we planted a happy, clappy church. When I say we, I mean we. We did it together. We did it together. 
We couldn't have done it without you. You're our partners. You're, our, you're on the team. I was, some friendly person was walking me around the building and uh, he said, I remember when you were here eight years ago when you church planned and all that. I said, you're part of the team. We're all in this, we're part of the team, part of it together. That's a great thing about being a part of a church is you're not out there on your own. You're part of a team, you're part of a group doing something amazing. And so, anyhow, uh, yeah, we planted the church after 14 months of being online. Uh, to my amazement, to my surprise, I mean, I'm confession time now, okay? The man of faith and power standing in front of you. Uh, when I heard uh, three weeks of lockdown, three weeks of being shut down, I was terrified. I was like, oh man, what's gonna happen? You know, what's gonna happen to the people? What's gonna happen to the church? What's gonna happen to the giving? You know, all that raced through my mind. Three weeks, they told us at the beginning. 14 months later, the church was still there. People were still there. Giving was still there. It was all still there. And so we made the decision that, you know what, we had done our job as, as, as missionaries. If the church can make it through all of that, they're strong enough to make it on their own without us. They're, they're grown up. We can let the, you know, like we have teenagers now, let the teenagers, you know, it's time for them to grow up and, and go out on their own. So we handed the church off to a local pastor, a British pastor is now leading it. You can go online, lifechurchbristol.com, and, and see what they're doing, what they're up to. And they're, they're taking it forward. He's taking it forward. And they're leading, the, taking the church and, and reaching their community. And so this is, what, this is what happens when you're part of a church and you're giving to missions and praying for missionaries. I know you don't hear updates every week. You never see our newsletters. You know, you may hear every once in a while, hey, give to missions, give to missions. But I, I'm just here to say this is what's happening this is only one of all those stories, of all those missionaries that you support. I'm just one, I'm just representing one person. These stories could be multiplied over and over and over and over again. And so this morning, I'm not gonna do any arm twisting. I'm not gonna do any guilt trips. Hey, you know, you, get, you spend more on, on dog food than you do people getting saved. I'm not gonna, you know. Oh, I just said it, didn't I? Never mind. Um, no guilt trip this morning, no arm twisting, none of that. What I'm gonna do is invite you. You got this on your, on, your, on, your, um, on your seat or somewhere around you. This is an invitation. I see this as an invitation to be a part of this. There's people sitting in this room right now and they saw that picture of that church being planted and they're saying to themselves, wow, I had a part in that. I'm a shareholder in that. I was part of the team in that. And there are people here that, not yet, they're not a part of that yet. So this morning, I'm gonna invite you to be a part of that. I, I, to me, it's an awesome privilege to be a, a, in missions, to be a missionary, to do what we, we, we do is an awesome privilege. And so this morning, I'm gonna invite you, you know, I wanna invite you to be a part of it. So by, by prayer, number one, more important than anything else, missionaries, we covet your prayer. Uh, a little bit of time spent praying for is more important than anything. We could add all the money, we could add all the strategy, we could add all the team, we could add everything we needed, but if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, it's all gonna fail. It's all be pointless. And so um, we ask you to pray for us, number one. Secondly is by giving. You're gonna have opportunity to do that and to make a faith promise here at the end of the service. Just be praying about that. 
and asking God what he wants you to do. It takes money to do what we do. And uh, to me, I see it as an investment, investing in God's kingdom and what he's doing around the world. And then thirdly, by going and being a missionary uh, yourself. So my mission field, kind of showed you some pictures here. My mission field is over in England. And uh, you say, well, I can't do that. So that doesn't make me a missionary. Hey, I can't go to your mission field. Like your family reunion. Like I can't go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be a part of that. But, but you, that's where you go. That's where God's called you to be a missionary. Your family reunion, your school, your neighbors, the place you work. All, all of those places is your mission field and where God's called you. So I'm going to encourage you to get out there. You know, sometimes it's a little, just thinking a little bit differently about, about the places we have to go. Oh, I have to go to school or, oh, I have to go to work. Wait, hold on a minute. God's sending you there. That's your mission field. There are people that you work with, the ones that make you the most miserable need Jesus probably the most. You know? Let's change our mindset. They're not just there annoying you. They're not just there annoying you. That, that, that's that's uh, uh, God whispering in your ear, hey, these people need me. They're crying out for help. So just change our mindset. You know what I mean? So... All called to be a missionary. Well, who wants to hear a little of God's word this morning? Yeah. All right. So this morning, I'm gonna gonna just share with you uh, a little bit more about our story in terms. And the the title of the sermon is "Turning Dreams into Reality." So, like I said, we came here uh, eight years ago, ten years ago, and we had a dream. We didn't know who we were going to work with, where it was going to be, what it was going to look like, but we had a dream. We had a vision from God. And we shared that with people, and uh, a lot, uh, unfortunately, not at this church, but other churches, uh, people would come up to us in the back of the church and say, that'll never work. You'll never be able to plant a church in England. And the most discouraging was when British people would come, people that immigrated would come up to us and say, you can't plant a church in England, they'll never listen to you. That was, that was discouraging, but we had a dream, and somehow... Somehow that dream became a reality. So the question for for you this morning, the question I'm asking is, what is your dream? Do you have a dream? Do you have a vision from God of what he wants you to do? Or are you just kind of going through life? Maybe it's a new career, a college degree, starting a new ministry. Maybe it's for you raising kids in a godly home that, that you weren't raised in, changing your family history. The one thing I do know is that God has a dream for you and has a vision for you, and he wants you to grasp hold of it. Every single person here has a dream from God. You were placed on this planet for a reason. God has a purpose for you. If you don't have a dream, if you don't have a dream, someone else will. Let me give you a few ideas of who that might be. The advertisers. How many know the advertisers? They've got a dream and a vision for your life, how you should spend your money, how you should spend your time. Social media. Got a dream and a vision for your life, don't they? All the, I mean, I see it constantly. Everyone's pulling at my attention in my time. Maybe your family, as well-intentioned as they might be, as loving as they might be, they might not have the same dream and vision for your life as God does. Politicians, as oh, it's election time. The politicians, they've got a, a dream and a vision for your life, don't they? Your boss has a dream and a vision for your life. But what's God's dream and what's God's vision? So the dream and the vision that God had for us was to plant a church in England. That was unique to us. 
And he had in mind, in place before we even went over there, Bristol and this small group of people in this little neighborhood, this little church on, on, a, on a corner. We had no idea. But that dream turned into a reality. We do have an enemy who's fighting against us in John 10, 10. It says, the thief is there only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came that they would have real life, eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So let's kind of wipe away like what we think we want for our life, the, the, the best life that we could have. God has something even better for us, that verse says. So what were the ingredients? What were the, what were the ingredients? What were the, the elements that led us to be able to plant this church and see the dream that God had for us turned into reality? I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I, 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 was, I, I was a little afraid. I didn't know. I'd never planted a church before. I'd done some training and different things, but I didn't know how to plant a church. I never lived in England before, and there was some fear there. But number one is this, faith. It's the antidote of fear. Faith is the antidote of fear. And the reason I'm telling you that I was afraid and had some fear inside of me is that I, I believe that God has created us in such a way that we can hold two opposite things in our minds at the same time. That it is possible that you can have fear and have faith residing in you at the same time. Now, maybe some people disagree, you know, but I, my experience and my reading of, of, of God's word says that I can have fear and I can continue to make steps of faith. And God's big enough that he can handle that. So this morning, you have a dream, you have a vision from God and you're afraid. That's okay. You have a dream, a vision from God and you say, I don't know if I can do that. I keep taking those steps of faith. Isaiah says this. He says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Do not be afraid. Do not fear the vision that God has for you. And there's people that they get cut off right at the very beginning because of fear. And maybe that's you this morning. You're sitting here and God's given you a dream, a vision, and it's a frightful thing. Most of the time, God's dreams for us and God's plans for us do involve, involve a little bit of fear. I'm here to, this morning to tell you that you need to take those steps of faith. It may be very small at the beginning and you'll learn and you'll grow along the way, but take that first little step of faith. Number two, endurance. An elephant makes many snacks. So how many have heard the, the saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So an elephant makes many, many yummy snacks. There were a lot of Sundays, early days, beginning part of the church, where I got into the car after Sunday morning service and I thought to myself, what am I doing here? This is pointless. This isn't going to work. You know, we had four people, you know, besides my family that Sunday. And I sat in the car and I said, yeah, I'm done. But you know what I did on Monday morning? I got up, took a shower, went back into the church and prepared next Sunday's sermon. Endurance. James says this about endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing 
lacking. So part of God's toolbox to get us where he wants us to be is this endurance, this plodding along. I don't like plodding. Who likes plodding along? You know what I mean? We like just one victory to another. But part of God's way to get us where he wants us to be is plodding along for a time. Malcolm Gladwell in his book, Outliers, says this about becoming an expert. If you want to become an expert, if you want to be excellent and and world-class at something, it takes 10,000 hours of dedicated practice. 10,000 hours. I would love to play the drums or play the piano. I'd love to like be a concert pianist and just sing up and down those keys and just awesome. But I don't want it enough to spend 10,000 hours to do it. I'm just honest with you. (laughs) Now there's some things that I do want to be that expert at, but as much as I would love to do play the piano like that, I'm not willing to give 10,000 hours to do it plodding along all those. If you're going to do what God wants you to do and accomplish the dream, it may take the 10,000 hours. Sorry. It's the bad news, but it's true. Next one is resilience and the art of the bounce back. It says we are hard. This is Paul writes this about his, his ministry. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. You talk about a guy who needed to bounce back. That was Paul, the great missionary Paul, the bounce back, the going to the village and people rejecting his message and, and beating him to the point they thought he was dead. The guy gets up, walks back into town. The art of the bounce back. God's dream and God's vision for you is going to involve some failures and some setbacks. So, you know, I just showed you all the pictures. Grow, grow, grow. Look the way we did. It was all just, you know, hey, we, we made a lot of mistakes. We had a lot of setbacks. There are times that I was like, oh, man, what do, you know, I've, I've made a So we're, when we go back to England, we're going to be training and teaching uh, other church planters on how to avoid some of the mistakes that we made. Now, we won't be able to help them with everything. But to avoid those, uh, avoid those mistakes. But resilience, if you're going to do what God wants you to do, you're going to have some setbacks. You're going to have some failures. You're going to have some bumps along, along the way. The next one is growth. It's not always up and to the right. The writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and take forward, uh, taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundations of repentance, the acts that lead to death and faith in God. So what's happening here, he's writing to a church that started off well. They started out, you know, they, he gave them the message of Jesus, and you know, they were like, yeah, that's awesome. And then somewhere along the way, they kind of backtracked. They fell back a bit. And Paul's like, no, you got to keep growing. So it's not always like just straight up, here you go. There's going to be setbacks. And God's dream and God's vision for you, there's going to be a setback. So I just feel like this morning there are people here that you started off well. And there was a mistake. There was a failure. Maybe things didn't turn out the way you thought they were going to turn out. And you've given up on God's dream for you. So God sent a missionary here this morning to say, no, it's time to get up, bounce back, and keep going. That failure doesn't define you. That mistake doesn't define you. It doesn't define God's dream for you. Okay, you made a mistake. So what? Keep going. You look, I mean, just, just you know, open your Bible to almost any page, and you're going to see great saints and great men and, and women of God that made mistakes. Think about Peter. 
denied Jesus, and yet Jesus still said, hey, you're, you're the one I'm going to build the church on. Moses, Abraham, Gideon. I mean, go to Hebrews, and you'll see all these, all these failures, all these mistakes. Read the first, you know, book of the Bible. Whew, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. They made a lot of mistakes, didn't they? They didn't do everything right. But still, God used them. So you're not any better than they are. God can still use you. <laughs> Sacrifice. Give the gain. If you're going to accomplish God's dream and God's vision for you and God wants, God, what God wants for you, it will, and I left this to the end, so you hopefully still like me after this, but it's going to involve sacrifice. It's going to involve, involve you two ways of sacrifice. Number one is by, is by giving up something. If you're going to do what God wants you to do, you're going to have to give up things. There's things that you cherish, that you like, your addiction, your thing, your, your little private sin or whatever it may be, that you're going to have to give that up. So there's that sacrifice on that side. And then there's taking on other things. There's a sacrifice of adding that, that load of leadership or adding that, 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 that extra burden, that, that work or that responsibility. So for us as missionaries... God's called us to England to plant a church. God's given us that, that, that calling. And we say, yes, yes, God. And God's given us three children to raise. That's also our responsibility. And we've said, yes, we're going to raise those kids and, and teach them and, and be their parents. And now we're facing the choice of going back overseas and leaving our kids. And we've had to make a calculated choice and a decision that... That's a sacrifice we're willing to make, that we won't be there for every birthday, every big event, every small event in our kids' lives. It's a sacrifice. And so we had to make that calculated choice, and so there's a sacrifice involved in accomplishing and doing God's dream for your life. And then finally, focus in dealing with distractions. Whenever you try to do something for God, there's going to be distractions along the way. Our, our world is more distracted now than ever before. I left my phone purposely on the front seat there because if, I get a, if it's up here and I get a message, I'll be like, oh, sorry, God. you know, I, even now I'm looking, did I, you know, what's the notification? Distractions, am I right? Everywhere, everywhere you look, there's distractions. Proverbs says this, let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Can I tell you that along the way of planting this church, there were distractions, there are people that wanted us to go this way and that way. So here's a, a church planting little secret for you. When you're 20 people and 15 people and a new family walks in and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, here we go. You know, these guys are, they're talented. They've, they got giftings and they can really help our church plant. And man, they're great people. And they come in and they say, oh, you know, we really like this church. But, you know, uh, have you thought about doing this? I thought about doing that. And you got 15 people in your church and a new family just walked in and it's so tempting just to say, yeah, you know, we can alter things a little bit to, to make these people happy and keep them. Stay focused. So you see that church full of people. You know how many people I told? Oh man, I'm sorry. This probably just isn't the church for you. I did it a lot. And it hurt their feelings. It hurt my feelings. I said, God, why don't you just bring people that already agree with everything that I, you know. <laughs> why do you send these people that want to change us? 
One of the keys to the growth of that church is I stayed focused. I had to say no to a lot of things, a lot of good things. Stay focused. When you start, when you start moving in God's, in God's dream and God's vision for you, what's going to happen is people are going to say, wow, that person's, they're anointed. They're talented. They're, they're good at what they're doing. Hey, why don't you come over here and help me do my thing? Stay focused. Stay focused on what God's called you to do. This is your dream, your vision, what God wants you to do. So these are, some of the, these are some of the things that I learned along the way of church planting and how we turned a dream into reality. And so this morning I'm speaking to you, many, many people here, all different stages of where you are. God has a dream for you. God has a vision for you. Go after it with everything that you have. It's better than you ever thought of. It's better than you can ever imagine. That's what John 10, 10 says. Better than you can imagine is God's dream for you. I'm going to conclude with a little story. We were, again, very, very small, just a handful of people in the church one Sunday morning, and a lady walks in the back, sits down kind of midway through the sermon and starts crying, weeping. Very noticeable, you know. So after service, I come over and say, hey, how are you? And, you know, what's going on? She told me her name, Catherine. Hey, Catherine. She said, I used to go to this church 20 years ago. And uh, I got hurt in the church. Something happened. I walked out of the church and, 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 and made a promise I'd never enter a church again. And she said, this morning as I was driving by the church, I heard a voice or something or someone told me, go inside. So she said, I pulled over and I came in. And the reason she was crying that morning because the sermon that morning was on the prodigal son and how the, the son had taken his inheritance and, and gone away from his father basically said, I don't need you, and gone off and lived a wild life and come back broken, destroyed, empty, having wasted his father's inheritance. And the son's, the son's you know, his, his you know, thought was, maybe my father will let me be one of the slaves, one of the servants in the house. But instead, the father saw him from far away off and came running with open arms and welcomed him in and even had a big party. And that's the sermon that she heard this morning. Only God could have put those two things together. Catherine came in. Her husband came into the church. He'd never really been a part of the church before. So he got saved, baptized him, 87 years old. The oldest person I've ever, ever baptized. The reason I tell you that story is that I, that's what I believe God wants to do in Europe. That's the prophetic story. That's the, you know, kind of the representation prophetically of what I believe God wants to do in Europe. A people that have wandered away, gone away from God, and God is going to call them back supernaturally, miraculously. He's going to divinely do something incredible. And you know what? We need to be ready. We need to have missionaries. We need to have churches. Maybe they're not exploding. Maybe revival's not breaking out. But man, we need to be ready for what God wants to do. So that's my new vision. That's my new dream. That we're going to go over to England and we're going to prepare ourselves and plant a church and prepare others for the revival and what God's going to do. We believe it's going to happen. And so this morning I'm asking you to pray with us, to go with us, to, to uh, make a faith promise so we can get over there as soon as we can, train as many people as we can and be ready for what God wants to do, the dream and the vision that he has. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of this church. Lord, I thank you that, that through, through the years and Lord, even now we can say the decades, the faithfulness of this church, God, you've done amazing things. 
and you're doing amazing things all over the world. Lord, we just pray for Europe, this continent that has really turned its back on you. Lord, we know that they've had their chance, but Lord, we're asking you again to give them another chance. Give them an opportunity, Lord. Send the Holy Spirit to move across Europe and help us to be ready. Lord, help us to be prepared. Help the churches to be ready, pastors to be ready, leaders to be ready. Lord, to bring in and to disciple this great, this great uh, revival that you're going to send. And Lord, I pray for every person in this church. Lord, you've given them a dream and a vision. They may be six, they may be 65, but Lord, you have a dream and a vision for them. Something you want them to do. And Lord, I pray that you would reignite that in their hearts this morning. In your mighty name, amen.